You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. This is our NBA special episode. And we want to start the conversation with blowouts. What is up with all these NBA blowouts? Um, last Sunday, my gosh, Lord have mercy on their souls. The Clippers lost to the Dallas Mavericks by 51 points. They were down 50 points at halftime. Like it, it was 77 to 27. They made a statement this week that said the season was rushed, right? And that's the reason why we're seeing all these blowouts, all these crazy numbers. What do you guys think? What is the cause of these blowouts? And will we continue to see this as the season progresses or are things kind of calming down at this point? I mean, I think, I mean, teams are still figuring each other out. I mean, you have some, like, it seemed like, like Portland had a lot of changes off season. So teams that have a lot of changes are still figuring things out, new offenses, players learning offensive sets and things of that nature. And so, um, I do think there's some credence to what he's saying. It kind of reminds me of the 2012 uh, lockout season where teams rushed out and they looked good and then they ultimately kind of got bad. So, I mean, I think a lot of stuff we're seeing, it will eventually fade and the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to say this. Rushed or not, what I believe is one of the biggest issues is playing without fans. One thing about fans, <laughs> they're going to let you know how you playing, and it's a lot of pride that come on the line. So I feel like that 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 fan factor, that the, the stands is empty, um, you could just be spoiled one night and, and lay an egg and just, you know, nobody going to say nothing because there's nobody there to egg you on, nobody, no hecklers or nothing like that. But it's something about people being in an arena, yelling at you, giving you some sense of pride, you know, some people coming out there, especially these blue collar cities, you know, like the Sixers for prime example, the best home record in the league by far. Right. But when they got on that road, <laughs> they laid an egg and it's not because they just like a bad team. It's just because they can't play on the road. And why you can't play on the road? Sometimes it's because of that, that environment and those fans. Yeah. So I think the fans have a lot of, a lot to do with those big, big numbers that we've seen as far as the blowouts this year. Mm-hmm. Well, Brett Brown, Brett Brown didn't help either. <laughs> well, oh. there, there's that. Yeah, Brett Brown. Um, anyway, he's not there no more, right? So I wish he was still there to take a four. The doctor's walk. in the building. <laughs> but I was gonna say that you know these blowouts. I was looking at some of the past blowouts, like Milwaukee spanked um, Golden State, the Lakers spanking. Um, I think the Blazers and the Knicks spanked the Bucks. Bucks. Let's the not Bucks. forget, spanked destroy the Bucks. Oh, destroy the Bucks and the Mavs, the Lakers um, beating up on the Mavs and, you know, so on, so on. So I'm going to agree with Dame. It's a rush season, no form, no formal preseason. And, you know, usually the um, players, some of the players um, uh, who's getting blown out seem to be the playoff teams who play more than, play more, a little more than the, um, except for the Clippers, play a little more into the, the, the almost a year round season they had. So, it's just a regular season, you know, early tune-up. But the most important thing is that these teams 
and the bottom seed is to just win as much as possible because they're going to pay dividends later on. So I'm not concerned about it. It happens, but I'm enjoying it. Congratulations. Go Knicks on beating on the Bucks. Congratulations. Go Knicks. <laughs> Go Knicks. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. I, thought I, was a I mean, listen, <laughs> it was relevant because we were talking about a few of the blowout games. And, well, nobody that, said, nobody and said that was one of them. Nobody said go team, like well, true, go, go true. state or go Milwaukee. Yeah. But he's go Golden go State. Knicks. What is Steph Curry doing? I mean, <laughs> let's not even get into that. But, but here's the thing to, to me, to, to listen to Dane's point, Dane is not complaining. He complained about the lockout. He, not the lockout. He complained about um, bubble. the bubble. bubble. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not like his team alone didn't uh, have uh, had a rush season. Everyone has a rush season. Right. Like when I was in yeah. high school, we played on a, on a slippery floor for my high school, right? But the reality is everybody played on the same floor. So I can't say, oh, I'm not doing a slippery floor. Well, guess what? No one else played on a slippery floor. So... I hear him, but that's not a reason to get blown out. Play, put some pride in your, in your life and do something. So, Evan, basically you're saying he was just mad because he ran out of time. Like, right. he ran out of time in the playoffs, and he's like, I'm going to blame the bubble. I'm going to blame the rest season. <laughs> like, Dame, just calm down and, and play the game. Let's um, transition um, to Miss Becky Hammond. As you know, last week, the Spurs played the Lakers. Coach Pop was ejected in the second quarter, which is something we don't even really see. So that was surprising in and of itself. And that gave Becky Hammond, the assistant coach, the opportunity to become the first female player um, to coach an NBA team. Um, in an NBA game. And my question for the guys is, um, how significant do you think that is? And do you think this opens up the door, probably not right away, but down the line um, for more exposure for women to coach in the NBA? I hope what I'm just gonna say is not gonna be disrespectful. I don't mean it to be in a disrespectful tone, but on a level of impressive, it's like a one out of 10. It's only because, only because, not saying, it's not a accomplishment, I guess. But when you're ejected out of a game, all she's doing is being a substitute teacher. So, yes, she has the opportunity to have it on her resume. She coached the NBA game as a female. Yes, but I would be more impressed for her. I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from her. I'd be more impressed if she was the one who was hired as the first head coach. Because then you're implementing your own system, your own plays, and all this other stuff, as opposed to filling in when your coach gets teched out and you're just kind of managing that process. Well, Evan, uh, let me just make clear, a substitute teacher is still the teacher for the day, right? right. So right. You, you can't really negate that. And I do agree. I'll be more impressed, um, you know, and I think it's more ground shaking and historical if, if she was hired as a, as as um a head coach but isn't this moment still substantial like do did we think we would see this 10 years ago yeah i'm gonna agree um it should have happened a long time um the one thing about basketball if you know the game and i've i've played and with a woman's coach and had an assistant woman coach and that was probably the best year i had at the um, when I coach in the church league, uh, you know, that's be way below um, Calvin's level. <laughs> but 
it, it was it is significant because that perspective, if you know the game, that's all we ask. You know the game and you can help us win, you're accepted. And I think it's time for Becky to have that, Becky Hammond to have that opportunity. I think the significant, even though it may feel like a token in a sense, but I think it opens the eyes, exposure, the 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 rah-rah, the, the commodity, everyone behind it talking about it. That may spark a GM or someone say, you know what? Let's bring her in for an interview and see what she says. Just the highlight. Any highlight will help the um the coach will help her get that opportunity. So I'm thinking, yeah, it was significant. The the the, the, the I don't want to say hoopla as uh, lack of my vocabulary uh, thinking right now, but the, the 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 big exposure behind it may open the GM mind and said, you know what, it's time, and it's way time because she is a legend. She's a Hall of Famer. And she knows the game. Everyone who spoke about her, every interview has said that high uh, praise that she knows what she's doing. So it's time. Kelvin. Yeah, I'm still processing this. I don't know. I don't know which way I'm going with this one. I don't oh. know if it's big news or I don't know if it's something <laughs> significant. I'm still trying to process this. But since you since you called me on this one, um, I mean, it's I'm happy for her as a person that she she got that opportunity. That's pretty good for her. Um, she'd been in that organization for a long time and for, for pop to, to choose her, he could have chose many different people on the bench, uh, after he left. For so it speaks volumes about <clears throat> who she is. Uh, so, you know, but you know, it's, this is a whole big topic, man, that I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to have time to discuss. Uh, but I'm definitely happy for her. Let me put my two cents in. I am, you know, I was happy to see she had the opportunity but let me just keep it real and I'm a woman so I could probably say this I how, I how would huh I so I <laughs> um let's just keep it a hundred percent how would male athletes react to a woman head coach in the NBA in 2021 like, let's keep it real. Because while I love history, while I love, like, you know, transitioning and, and getting to that next level, there's, like, a practical aspect of this that a lot of people are overlooking. Kelvin, you played um, basketball on a high level. How do you think athletes would even react to this? Listen, this is the part of the conversation that I thought that we wouldn't get to, but since you brought it up, <laughs> I, I feel like, honestly, I'm trying to be politically correct too. I feel like you have to have these transitions at the lowest levels, an influx of women coaches, coaching men at the lowest levels for this to be something. And then even in high school and college, you know, before this can transition to the NBA, that's how I feel about it. I, I just know how the, we know how guys like Trump talked about it. Locker room talk, you know, that's not my guy, but it's locker room talk. So what, what the guys say in public about Becky Hammond is not the same things they saying in private about Becky Hammond. You know what I'm saying? So let's just keep it real. So Dion, you're hundred percent right. The conversations and how these guys feel and how the athletes are going to relate to, to a man versus not just a woman, but she's a white woman too. Like, like that, like, let's, let's not just yeah. throw that under the rug it's going to be different and it's going to be, it's going to be a hard transition. And I feel like it's not a thing that should be forced upon the people. You know, it should be something that's probably just weaned in, but if you just force it, it might, it might have uh, a bad effect on the, on the, uh, on the public. 
Well, I disagree. I disagree in the extent that needs to be weaned in. Because weaning is was oftentimes used and well, is oftentimes encouraged, but oftentimes things will happen until it happens. Sometimes it has to happen. Uh, you know, female reps. I mean, let's think about that. Like, how do you think athletes interact with female reps? Oh, the same way. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. Some, they, the way what they say to these, listen, we're in a politically politically correct society right now. So they so they try to hold back on a lot of things because they worry about their brand. But when you see things on a lower level, that's just, we don't have to look farther than music. <laughs> how do these people? How do these young young kids or these you know these young kids, these young young people respond to how they treat women and how they think of women? So now you're saying you're going to put on a different face when you get to the NBA when you've been disrespecting women or treating women a certain way your whole life. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I think it's a cover up anything. And I feel like it's an agenda being pushed on on certain sides to try to like implement these the big Becky Hammond stories or these these big stories or make them bigger than what they are. Because, you know, you know, people want to see see certain change. But I feel like if you force it, that's the only reason thing I'm trying to say, Evan, if you force it, I think it had a have a worse effect than if something that you could just gradually push in and, and make it part of the culture. Fair enough. Um, I know after that game, LeBron James spoke and was like, he was very happy for her. But even if you watch that interview, like for me, I'm not so much concerned about words alone. It's like body language and those underlying intangibles that, you know, you won't hear from words. It's something you have to see. So of course he said he was happy for her, glad she got the opportunity. But the body language to me wasn't like, man, I'm super on board with this. But LeBron has a brand, like Kelvin said. So I actually saw, and and you guys should just go and look up like the post-game, you know, our listeners should look up the post-game conversations. His body language said a lot to me so I think that's a very real thing and 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 it's something that we need to you know kind of keep in the back of our mind because that's the reality of course I want women to excel in every sports organization on every level um my question was more geared towards whether players are ready for it and I don't think they are but you know it is what it is it might be something that's just coming to Dina like sometimes you know, when you push certain things on society, whether you like it or not, <laughs> especially if you're controlling the bag, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fall, fall in line. But I, I I do think what you're saying, I agree with you 100. These guys are not ready for it. Um, they haven't experienced it their whole lives, you know. And then you just jump into the NBA, and then you just get Becky Hammond, and it's like, hold on, you know, certain things we do as a culture in, in basketball and football, you know, as you know as teammates and, 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 and bonding with the coaches a certain way. It goes, it goes beyond the X's and O's. And that's the thing that I'm talking about. Like Doc Rivers, he implements, um, or, or whether it's the guy in Villanova, they implement, you know, investing in young men, building young men up. So it's, it, it goes beyond just X and O's. And I think that's something that people have to consider too. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, let's transition and talk about, so the NBA, we have been through six games, 
um, in the NBA so far, and we might have a little bit, some surprises in there as far as the record is concerned. And let me preface this by saying we are so early in the season. Like, I don't think anyone is using what's uh-huh. happening in, in the first six to 10 games to be like, oh, this is what is going to happen. But based on what we see and based on what we have, who do you think look like early contenders? And I'll say early because teams will fall off towards the middle of the season. So who's looking like early contenders? Who's looking like the jokes? Do you think it would stay the same or it's going to look a little different by the time we get to spring? Well, well, you guys, you guys, New York Knicks team is always a joke. So let's just first get of all, excuse me. First <laughs> of all, the mm-hmm. Knicks, for the first time in the last at least five seasons, we are at 500 after playing five games, okay? Mm-hmm. So we are taking the small victories of being three and three right now. But Amen. continue. All right. Before I was interrupted, you know, uh, I was going to just say that the contenders, we don't have to look no further than the Philadelphia 76ers. They look like contenders. Um, also the Phoenix Suns, surprisingly brother Phil's team right there, his secret, his secret, his secret crush, <laughs> the, the Phoenix Suns, they look like contenders. Um, let me get some pretenders there too. Uh, I feel like the Cleveland Cavaliers are fool's gold. I feel like they got a four and two record right now. They were, they were like, I think they were like three and oh, and everybody was thinking like, oh, they made the turn. Nah, that's fool's gold for them. And I also think that, um, who else do I think is fool's gold? I think the Brooklyn Nets are legit. <laughs> I try to mess y'all up with that. One. Listen, look, <laughs> my blood pressure went up so high just now. Ugh, okay, okay. To be fair, I do think Brooklyn is dealing with the Philly Phil curse. Uh, as soon as Phil plays Allegiance, they've been going downhill. I mean, some 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 bad happened. Phil, you need to go back to the Knicks. You need to go back to the Knicks. Uh, Never. I I think the Hawks are fool's gold. Um, when I watch them play, they're good offensively, but their defense is, is horrendous. I mean, they're they're a high scoring team, but they don't play a lick of defense. And it starts at the point guard. Trey Young is undersized and he's not especially athletic. And so he's a you know, he's a walking bucket, but like James Hardy, you can, he's an open door on defense. Um, and so I don't think the Hawks, I mean, I think the Hawks are a playoff team. I don't think they will be a top five team in the East. Um, I, I think that, um, I think Brooklyn is real, but I do think Brooklyn is going to struggle losing uh, Spencer Dinwiddie for the season. Absolutely. No um, question. And so that, did Karis Avert get put into the starting lineup? No. He did. Not yet. He they, did? That, well, they, they started him the game after Spencer was injured. Okay. So, I mean, Brooklyn still has, I think, a, a deep team. But um, you, have to, you have to wait and see. You have to wait and see because uh, Kyrie is a walking knee, knee, knee injury out for the season. Um. So I'll be interested in seeing them continue to grow. Uh, I'm not, sh- I, I, like I said, I think they're contenders simply based on star power alone. 
but I need to see them play play some more. And when they get to the flow, because once Katie gets in the flow, he's, he's impossible to stop. Let's just be honest. He's impossible to stop. You just hope to make him take a lot, make him take tough shots. But you know, when he's rolling, he's ain't, ain't nobody in this league stopping him. Twitter uh, stops him. You just get on Twitter. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evan, just a thing. Um, you know, since you mentioned Brooklyn, I think I'll just jump in with Brooklyn. I agree with you. I think the team is still really trying to mesh together as well. Like Katie was injured all last season. I still think there's some chemistry there. I think they're going to still have some struggles. I think by like maybe game 15 or so, we're going to start to see what the team is starting to look like. And um, like you said, once KD gets into a constant groove, we all know that that's, I mean, there's nothing anyone can do about it. They're definitely going to the playoffs. Like there's no way they don't make the playoffs. So we'll see. Um What's their record? I'm sorry. Um, Brooklyn right now, they're three and three. So they're right at 500. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you know, let me just say this for Evan. The 76ers are five and one. Yay. Number one seed in the NBA, baby. Um, you're the number one seed in the East. <laughs> okay. We're tied for number one, okay? Tied, tied for no, right. So, Please. so just Please. acknowledge, just Please. acknowledge that you're a part of a twin right now, whether you want to admit it or not. Philly and Phoenix, the two P's are are taking the lead. But our other twins are pretender. What other twins are those? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. You're mad. You're mad. Phil's team. Phil's You're team. mad. What they've done in the bubble and what they're doing now, and they add Chris Paul and the team majority team is the same. Nah. The pretender for me out east, I mean out west, uh-huh. it's the Sacramento Kings. You know, they're going to fall out and disappear. Um, and Dallas should climb back up on the charts. And then, um, the, see, I'm, I don't trust the Pelicans because of their name and and what's name? name? What, 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 what happened to the name? Wait, what's a pelican? I don't have problems with that. What's a pelican? It's a name. bird. Yeah, that's for the birds. A pelican. <laughs> oh my god. Pelican. Four and two. I think they're gonna drop down to to probably the seventh seed, and everybody else is gonna move back up. So that's out east. To me, the pretender who's only up because it's early season, the blowout. Yes, 76 is all the top seed, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. They're going to drop down to reality. And like I said earlier, before we tape, I don't trust that team with 3-1 or 3-2 league in any playoff. <laughs> so we'll see what happened there. So, of course, I agree with you with the Cavaliers are going to drop. And Brooklyn should rise back up to the top. Milwaukee should get back in there. So, and the Knicks... Um, I think the Knicks would probably be the 10th seed or play-in game. So um, and so that's what I see so far. It's early. Things will juggle out. And Miami should be moving up. So, yeah, I think Miami and Milwaukee will move back up when they right for space. And the Knicks and probably Toronto will be in the playoff, play-in game. That's what I'm thinking out east. So I'm not yeah. worried. I'm let, not me get, worried. let me get my Sixers analysis. I never really get my Sixers analysis. I talk about everyone else, but not never get my Sixers analysis. All right. Go ahead. I watch the Sixers every game except for Friday night games. Um, watching my family, my sons and I run around jumping to each other, celebrating, you know. Uh, the Sixers are not playing 100%. They're not, they're still figuring stuff out. And that should put the league on notice. 
um, as Danny Green comes into form, as um, Shake Milton is wait, the wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said as Danny Green comes into form, like no, I, I just want to make sure that you yeah, said yeah, as yeah. Danny Green. Okay, no problem. Okay, and, and I mean that because the starting lineup has struggled a little bit because Danny's shooting has been horrendous. Not even like it's been horrendous. They, the last two games he's caught he's caught a stride, and we've blown those teams out. Now, granted, it's the Magic. Magic aren't a real team either, um, and and the Hornets, right? But uh, he's kind of found his stride. Seth Curry is going to put buckets in your eyes. Uh, Tobias Harris is playing out of his mind right now. Um, and Joel Embiid, as I predicted beginning of the season, will be a finalist for league MVP. Um, and Ben Simmons. What does um, quickly, if you know off the top, what are MB's numbers looking like right now? I haven't so, really followed him. So these last two games have been blowouts, so he hasn't really had to score much, but he was averaging 29, but now he's down, I think, probably like 24 points a game okay. because he's pretty much been um, not necessary in the fourth quarter as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Sixers are very dangerous. And I said this beginning of the season, I think Sixers will be a top two seed in the East. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we're a finals team simply because when, 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 the, when the court shrinks and you need a bucket, you still need a wing scorer who can get his own shot. Mm. Um, but I do think Shake Milton is the real deal in terms of six man. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can't argue with that. And you guys have reason to celebrate because Ben Simmons – hit a three this week. So congratulations. It's a small victories. His therapy is working. I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm really happy to see it. Um, as far as, listen, Kelvin, don't even come for me because I know you want to come for me right now. Do not come for me, all right? <laughs> um, I think I agree with everything you guys said. Cleveland is out of there. Um, the Knicks, come on. They're, they're not going to be in the top eight in the east so that's going to change what's scary when i was looking at the records on the western side realistically the west is so strong i feel like anybody could be in the top eight like the only teams that i can say with a surety that's going to be at the top are the lakers the clippers maybe denver um and may yeah those are the only three that I can be like all right they're gonna be at the top of the west but everything else for the west is is a toss-up with the exception of like your golden state your okc um denver I know denver is one and four right now but let's be honest do we really think they're gonna stay there throughout the season they're not they're gonna pull themselves up um so that's kind of where we are. I'm just happy and content that if the season ended today because of COVID, the Knicks would be making the playoffs. That's what's significant about the standings right now. So we can't lose sight of that. Uh, but my game for the week is Brooklyn versus Philadelphia. Now, the only thing I don't like is Brooklyn plays Monday and has a break till Thursday. And the Sixers play have a back-to-back. So we, the Sixers need to blow out the Wizards. They need to focus on beating them so they can sit the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I forgot. We should have talked about that. The Wizards are the biggest joke. 
They're O and they're O and five. They're, they're one, one and five. No, one they're five. one and oh, five. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. They did. They they won their last game. Shout out to Russell Westbrook. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna just leave it at that. So. <laughs> And Evan, talking about that schedule, I saw that Brooklyn was also long. You know the league is going to try to protect KD as much as possible, sure. right? Sure. Um, and it goes back to elite players getting elite treatment, you know, as opposed to these trash players. So I think that will be the game of the week. I'm really excited to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. And um, we'll see. And so until next time... Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.